This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. And a very good Friday morning to you as we welcome you along to the last one of the week. Uh, John Paul is off today. So Bernie's sitting in taking your calls at 0818-103-103. And we are remaining here in Ireland under this Arctic air mass. And it is bringing us sub-zero temperatures. Just checking the, the temperatures at the moment is at minus three degrees. As I was saying in the weather forecast there, if it goes to zero, probably might be the best some areas will get uh, today. Uh, Met Aaron are also saying, you know, wintry downpours, but it's this, this severe frost that's going to last and it's going to last until at least next uh, week. Uh, because of that, Met Aram at some stage today is expected to extend its stato, status yellow weather warning, which is in place for ice and low temperatures. And it's due to expire at midday tomorrow. But they're saying now temperatures could fall below minus six on Sunday. So they are expecting that Met Aram will extend that status yellow weather warning for ice and uh, low temperatures. Now there are indications at this stage that the bitter spell will last into the latter part of next week. But Met Aaron say that there is so much uncertainty within the weather modelling to predict this with any great accuracy. So they're, they're not definitely saying it's going to be here right across next uh, week but early indications say that it will be and because of that obviously the RSA both Safety Authority are out a Healing, please, to motorists, exercise caution when driving uh, because you could come across some treacherous driving conditions right across the weekend. They're saying to, for all of us as drivers to expect roads to be icy in the coming few days. Look to particularly look out for black ice. Um, you're urged at all times to carry a scraper or de-icer with you and to avoid harsh braking, accelerating and oversteering. And of course, the whole thing, uh, if you have to drive in weather conditions like this, slow it down, folks slow it down 0818103103 you can text our WhatsApp as well to 086 to 103 103 and let us know if you have been out driving uh, this morning and you've come across areas maybe perhaps where there is a black ice that we can let other listeners know or maybe there's some foggy conditions in your area if there's anything you want us to share with other listeners uh, please uh, feel free to contact us now the Central Statistics Office are out with their latest monthly figures and of course then when they do their 
monthly figures they do their year on year look on uh, prices and while prices are still rising there is I suppose some will see it as a bit of a silver lining for Christmas shoppers after 14 consecutive months of high price rises the annual inflation dipped ever so slightly uh, year on year in November it's still crazily high though but it was at 8.9% in November but you compare that to the previous month of October October had an inflation rate it was a 38 year high when it came in at 9.2% uh, Central Statistics Office releasing their figures yesterday showing though the prices of two I suppose you'd call them Christmas staples have actually gone down in price that's toys and jewellery the price of jewellery is down more than 7% don't know why and games and toys for the children are down by 4.3%. So that'll come as a little bit of relief to some families. But of course, the big one and what really is pushing inflation to this, to the, in particular to that high, that 38-year high uh, a couple of months ago, energy prices. They are driving inflation. And the, ener- the inflation at the moment are four times higher than the central bank. The central bank had set a target for inflation to go no higher than 2%. And here we we are at just under 9%. Now, when you look at the energy prices, electricity is now up more than 63.5%. Gas is up nearly 89%. Home heating oil is up more than 57%. And solid fuels are up at 46.8%. When you compare, that's just year on year. That's just the figures between last year and this year. And the spiralling energy prices means prices overall then have been rising. And of course, that's what's been happening on an annual basis uh, since uh, April. And the annual inflation has been 5% or more since October and that's since October of the previous uh, year. And then the Central Statistics Office release different sort of commodities and items and staples, things that we sort of buy every single day or at least every single week and how much they've gone up by. The, 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 a slice pan, for example, slice bread, that's gone up by 28 cent. Uh, this is year on year. Spaghetti has gone up 26%. Potatoes, for some reason, uh, have remained unchanged. And I don't know what the exa- why the reason for that is. Milk, everyone's been complaining about the price of milk. Two, two litres of milk year on year is up 55 cent cheese Irish cheddar cheese if you regularly buy cheese as I do in my house you will notice that cheese has really been going up 1 euro 40 cent per kg is what cheese has gone up by and butter that's up 77 cent per pound and then with the run into Christmas people might be considering buying some drinks to have over the festive period a can of a lager that's the, the 50 cl can that you drink at home 26 cent that's up cider's up 28 cent pint of stout this is in a licensed premise says is up 21 cent and a pint of lager is up 26 cent and the Consumer Association of Ireland uh, Dermot Jewell says you know by this stage people have done everything that they can to try to come back to cut back people have switched energy suppliers for example they've moved the type of shopping they've moved the habit and the way that they shop that everyone is looking to reduce 
produce energy in any way they can. Dermot Jewell feels the bottom line is that people really have hit a wall and his feeling is that it doesn't bode well for what's to come in the new year. He's saying it's going to be a difficult one for the entire company, for, for the entire country. And what we're looking at, those figures from domestic and from our household budgets point of view, you have to reflect on small businesses and really you have to wonder how small businesses are going to keep going. When you read a story in the papers today of the electricity bill for a family-run butcher's shop, this is from Ranala in Dublin, it's doubled their electricity bill in the last year. It Their latest bill which must be paid on the 19th of January, €6,106. And Sarah Kelly is the owner. She wonders how small businesses are going to survive. She said their electricity bill doubled in June and then it doubled again in September. In June, they got a bill of €1,500 and they were reeling because that was a doubling of what it was the previous two months. Then to roll on two months later, it comes in in September, the bill had gone to €3,200 and then they knew they were going to be in for a high bill again this month, but they were shocked to discover that it went over €6,000. And now they're starting to think, what will the next bill be when it comes out in February? And they're a family-owned village butcher. They've been operating for the last 10 years. They're a husband and wife team. Their daughter also works in the business and they have a small staff. And they say after coming through COVID, they'd hoped things would really start to turn around this year. And you just kind of think, well, whatever bit of a profit they might have hoped to have made this year is completely wiped out and you wonder if they're even able to cover their own wages when you look at electricity bills coming in that high and of course we all know that many small businesses have already shut down in the past year they're simply unable to keep up with the surging uh, bills and Sally Kelly, the owner of this butcher shop is worrying that nobody really is paying attention to the business owners. She said it's like death by a thousand cuts. It's happening so slowly. She said you don't notice and you, t- you take a walk down a street that you're very familiar with and suddenly you'll see four empty units all beside each other starting to look dirty starting to look run down and, and just it's bad for all of the other businesses as well so I think you know when you see and read stories like that it's just it's all the more reason why particularly in the run up to Christmas when people will be out shopping and spending more than we normally spend at any other time of the year to please please to remember and to support the local businesses particularly those little family run businesses they need our support this year more than ever 0818 103 103 Jim has made me smile on his text when I was talking about how cold it is at the moment and we all need to uh, layer up and stay warm and all of that. Jim says, Patricia, when you're issuing warnings to people, you may need to issue a warning to to the pyjama wearing mothers to wear two pairs of pyjamas during this cold spell when they're doing the school uh, runs. I'm wondering, are there many parents still bringing their children to, the mums in particular bringing their children and still in their pyjamas? Yeah, they certainly would need to wrap up warm. Eddie in Bandon. 
uh, says diesel at Billy's petrol station in Bandon. 167.9 today and petrol is at 157.9. That's a bit of good news, says Eddie in Bandon as we kick off the weekend. They seem to, that Billy's petrol station in Bandon, they're almost becoming like Killarney. Do you remember every time we would be talking about rising petrol prices and diesel prices, somebody would have just have been to Killarney saying Killarney always seemed to be very competitive when it came to keeping fuel prices down. I, I think Billy's petrol station in Bandon has given everybody a run for their money as well. They really do seem to be keeping uh, the prices down. Now I know petrol stations will say it's what they buy it in at and I'm assuming that that's a busy garage and they're buying in a lot of petrol and a lot of diesel and they're getting it slightly lower every day so they're able to lower the price. So well done. Uh, 167 for um, a diesel is really good and petrol is at 157. 0818 Bernie's taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 Plans to convert CoAction's purpose built facility for children in Bantry into an adult residential unit had left families absolutely distraught amid claims that the move would affect the services provided for all involved. Well, to discuss news that literally broke yesterday evening about a reversal of that decision. And once again, joined by uh, Connor Cronin whose uh, young son Aaron attends uh, co-action in West Cork. Good morning to you Connor. Good morning Patricia. Uh, you're, thanks, uh, uh, well, thanks once again uh, for joining us. How did you hear the news that the children's services will stay as is? So I suppose the first thing we heard um, Patricia we got an email I got an email from Hazel Trudgell the Director of Children's Services and it was a press release about um, just informing us that five of the board of trustees have resigned and that, you know, at the moment the, the development is paused. Um, now, Christopher O'Sullivan sent me a text message, WhatsApp message afterwards, and he, he posted on Facebook last night that, that the HSE have um, finally agreed that they're not going to allow this to happen, that they're going to look work with co-action to look to, for an alternative solution to the accommodation you know, that's needed for the, the four residents that need to be moved out of Bayview House. Yeah, oh, and, and actually we I, I have the copy of the statement from uh, Christopher uh, O'Sullivan who confirmed that the child services at the purpose-built facility uh, will yeah. remain where they are. Um, the, the, he says, I know that this will be very welcome news for the families of the children who are concerned and very anxious about the potential of the children's services being moved from the building. He says, today Minister Rabbit's office informed me that the HSE had been in contact with the department to inform them that the proposed move had been um, reversed Um, and I suppose Connor, just for listeners I'm conscious of listeners outside the area not aware of what this centre was just remind us why you felt the uh, you and other parents felt that the adult centre was totally unsuitable for child services so the adult centre is unsuitable I suppose our big worry you're mixing adults and children we were worried that we wouldn't get the same standard of facility in terms of, you know, we have great space in our old child and family centre. You know, it's fitted out. It's built specifically with children in mind, as I mentioned to you two weeks ago. Um, the adult centre is, you know, it's an older building. It, it, it would need, it would cut huge cost to bring it up to that spec that we have at the present building. And then you have to think of our adult service users. 
they would be an erosion of their selves because they've already lost a lot of their selves. They've lost their relaxation rooms. They had a lovely canteen that they used to be able to use, um, you know, a relaxation room. There was a sensory room that they've lost. So, you know, they, they would lose more of their services and more of their space for their own training. Yeah, so a, lo- a lot of people, a lot of people were, were going to lose out. And the point that, you know, I, I, I said when we first started speaking about this, and it has to be remembered, that that centre, that child and family centre was built at a cost of 1.3 million euro, which was entirely paid for through fundraising. Through so, fundraising and a lot of yeah. that fundraising would have been by the parents of the children who would be going to the centre. Yeah, so by parents of children that are going to the adult centre now, they would have used have Joan yeah. coming on there in the minute. So like so Joan, they went out with their buckets and, you know, shaking their buckets and fundraising and the coaction draw that used to be held and people like Paddy Clifford running their bazaar, the Christmas bazaars and things like that. And I suppose they were using it, you know, they come on now, the likes of me, my children are using it and there'll be other children again coming on after me that hopefully will and Connor, were you were you surprised to hear that the members of the um, a number of members of the board of trustees have resigned? Um, the AGM was very difficult, Patricia. It, you know, I, I've gone to a lot of AGMs. I'm involved in GA and other things, and AGMs get heated. But this was very difficult. I think there was no engagement. I, there was issues with engagement with us beforehand. There was no communication with us about this plan. Um, and even since the AGM, they allowed things to drift for two weeks. They, they, nobody got in touch with us. There was no contact. We, the, the, the CEO question went on radio and aggressively did an interview on there, and there was no replies to our emails or anything. So then we had our protest last Saturday. There was a huge turnout. I think it was estimated to be about 500 people attended our protest in Bantry last Saturday in relation to this issue. And, you know... Um, I suppose in the end, it, it was inevitable, really, that they were going to have to step down. Um, in my opinion, you know, the CEO, her position is attainable going forward. One would have to wonder. You know, do, you, do you believe her position now is untenable? I did. It, it is a big fracture of relationship between the service users, both adult and children service users. And, it, and it's very hard to see how we're going to repair that relationship at the moment. Um, Patricia. Okay, stay there because I want to bring in uh, Joan is on the other line, Joan uh, Carroll, who has a son, Shane, who attends the adult services. Uh, Good morning to you, Joan. Hi, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, um, thank you. Can you just outline to us the the service that Shane is currently getting at the moment and and are you happy with what Shane is getting at the moment? At the moment, Patricia, yeah, they're back five days a week. Good. But I mean, I took Christopher O'Sullivan across the road yesterday. And to be honest, I went into the sensory room. They had a beautiful relaxation room full of rubbish. I walked up the corridor, their physio room that they used to use. That was full of rubbish. So, well, they're storing items in there, obviously. Yes, because it's yes. not been used as a physio room and it's not been used as a relaxation room. No, and I think to be honest with you, I don't know have we even a physio at the moment employed below there. So there's a lot of things. Even the canteen, that broke my heart. That was the meeting place every morning. They'd all come up from the room in there. You'd have the cup of tea, the scone, you'd mingle with the lads and they'd have the crack and the laugh. So 
that breaks my heart. And then last Saturday down in the square, there was a lot of tears shed. There was one founder member, Peggy Lynch, who was 90 years the creator. She really put her heart and soul into fundraising for this. And for to hear her speak the way they started it out and to see it now, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, and and of course it's uh, as a lot of other services have moved to this to hubs. They're moving away yeah. from one one centre where everybody goes into in the morning. And there's been a push for that for even before the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic came and then suddenly all the hubs uh, they moved to hubs in, instead. Coaction are not the only group uh, to be doing that. But respite services, Joan, is a huge issue nationwide. Since 2019. And are you in need of respite services, John? Well, Shane is 24-hour care. He's pegged fed now with, he's since 2019. And they were all trained up here in my house. And then the nurse would stay with them and sign them off. But there, not too long ago, I got a phone call to say, could I keep Shane at home? Because there was no one able to do the tube and the flushing. Like, so you- we don't know what is going to come next. Did, did, did Was I told that you were due to go to hospital and you were getting respite? And got... I was. Got a call from Bentry Hospital and she was there to know if could I go in and get out my gallstones. I can't, Patricia. I can't. Because I'm on my own here. Siobhan, Shane's half-twin, she works in the hospital. Do you know, I have two other daughters, but they have children of their own. And you're, you're saying there's, there was no, there's no emergency respite no, for you to go to hospital to have that operation done? No, and with the house, Bayview House, to be honest with you, Patricia, it's not safe. It, 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 Anna, Anna this, this, this is the house that they're doing up? Yes. Yeah, yes. And, and I mean, we know the reason. We know that the Hickwell went in and, and the house has, has, to be, has, to yes. be, has to be done up. And Conor, can I just do, come in yeah, there, Patricia? You can, and, yeah. And the kick we're reporting today of the house and the residential accommodation, while it's kick we're critical of the physical environment as well, there's a lot of other issues that kick we're like in terms of individual assessment, personal plan, staffing, skill mix, governance and management, not compliance, um, notification of incidents, um, not all adverse incidents that occur are being notified to the inspector, um, there's another HICWA report in July 2022 in relation to residents' rights in, from Skibbereen. And it's here, I'll just read it out. The registered provider did not ensure that each resident's privacy and dignity was protected in relation to their personal information and living space. Resident's personal and sensitive information was stored in communal areas. In addition, there was no evidence to support whether a respite resident had been consulted with in regards to them being the named person on the centre's electricity and telephone bills, which has been the case for a number of years. There's huge governance issues going All right. on here. Okay. And, sure. and I know they'll put forward in their defence, they, they and, and they'll put forward the argument that it's staffing and they can't get staffing. And retention, but reten- exactly. is, is retention of staff... Yeah. Morale is on the floor. Is it, it yeah, OK, is, is, it, is it... And he asked yeah. to speak to me and I thought I'm going to get a rollicking here now for causing trouble, but... He told me he admires me and others like Joan for all the work that we're doing. Okay, so so staff, if staff morale is low, that would lead you to 
to understand why people are leaving. But I do know, yeah. I do know in their defence, uh, and as I say, it's not just something that's happening in West Cork. There is a problem uh, and, and it's a nationwide issue. There is a problem in getting staff for, for disability services and something has, oh, to, be, yeah. has to be done about it. it and you, and you mentioned, like you mentioned the protest. Um, did, did you take comfort from the support that you got last weekend, Connor? That was a great was turnout. I mean, three, three, five hundred. We only organised a thirty-six hours notice. Yeah. Patricia, and you know, like Peggy Lynch, people like Peggy Lynch. Peggy Lynch is ninety-one years of age. You know, she turned out and she spoke. You know, it's heartbreaking. One of the founder members. She would have been one yeah. of the founder parents. Yeah. So yeah. People like Harry right. Clifford and all. Yeah. But listen, the the, the only thing is, it is it is a good news story today in that people power. People power certainly has worked, yeah. and, and it's just showing that when people get yeah. together and they feel they've right yeah. on their side, decisions can be so changed. I suppose the important thing now is that we, we we get a new board in situ, you know, to to drive question on, to you know, put the service users at the centre of decision making. Yeah, I I, mean, I don't yeah. know. I was trying to find out before I came on air what happens when a large number of a board of trustees uh, resign. I, I take it some kind of a, an EGM will have I, to be held, I Connor. I presume some sort of EGM will have okay. to be called, whether that's right. done this side of Christmas or the New Year. Okay. We're, we're not we'll, sure we'll, we'll, it's, it's a story I think we'll be coming back to, but in the meantime, as I say, it is a good news story. It's always good to have a good news story on a Friday. Thank you both for joining us and talking to us on the programme this morning. Thank you. Good morning to you. Bye bye. Uh, Connor Cronin and Joan Carroll, two parents of service users at Coaction with the news that the HSE has been informed that the children, uh, the children's facilities, which is purpose built for children's facilities, will remain as is in Bantry. 0818 103 103. Bernie is taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. With this current cold spell said to last until well into next week. Organisations working with rough sleepers will be doing everything they can to help homeless people stay safe. Paul Sheen is with the Cork Simon community and uh, Paul joins me. Good morning to you Paul. Morning Patricia. And you're welcome. Will there be enough beds available to get every rough sleeper off the street during the cold spell? Well I'll put it this way, there'll be enough spaces available. I'm not so sure about the beds. Um we were packed to the rafters in our emergency shelter in Anderson's Key in the city centre last night. You know, it usually accommodates 47 people. We had an extra 13 people on sleeping bags on the floor in our nightlight service. We had another nine people dotted around various different floor spaces in our emergency shelter on um, sleeping bags, basically. We found some other floor space in some of our high support houses. So just Again, people can get in out of the cold much better than sleeping out. And despite all of that, Patricia, I was out with our outreach team this morning and we met more than 10 people who were out last night. Oh, my God. And it was bitterly cold last night. It's the kind of cold that would get into your bones, really. It was. Um, and where, all... where do they? where do those 10 people try, try and sleep? Oh, in various different locations, Patricia. In the city centre, in, in doorways, we found them in people in, in various different parks around the, the outskirts of the city. Um, surprisingly, everybody was in, in fairly good spirits, I have to say. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just baffles me how, how people got through the night. It really does. 
You, you mentioned your, your nightlight uh, service. Just remind listeners what that nightlight service was. And, and, and I think I remember when you, you set it up speaking to you and it was initially meant to just be temporary, wasn't it? It was. It was the winter of 2017. Um, and basically it's our day service, which is in constant use throughout the day, uh, right up to about eight o'clock in the evening. And then we put the sleeping bags out on the floor at can accommodate up to 16 people. It opens at 11. Unfortunately, people have to leave at 8 in the morning because the day service is in use for people sleeping rough to come in and get shower, breakfast, meet a, a support worker, maybe visit the health team. Um, and uh, we thought it would be there till February or March in 2018, but it's been in constant use ever since. Obviously, we have to reduce the capacity during COVID, but it's back to where it was. Um, we've decided to you know, make that space available 24 hours for the moment so that people can stay in out of the cold because over the next few days it's not going to get above two or three degrees. Um, And, you know, we just want somewhere warm and safe for people to stay during the day. Anybody using the nightlight service will tell us, you know, it's great to have somewhere to to put the head down, somewhere safe, somewhere warm, but they have to go out at eight o'clock. They might be able to spend some time in the day service, but that closes at one and then they have nowhere to go till, you know, seven o'clock later that evening at the soup run and then back in the nightlight at 11. So, um, God, it's, no, you know, it's, it's just no existence. It really isn't. I mean, I'm looking at, we're coming up to 11 o'clock in the morning and it's, it's, it's minus three degrees at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely arctic conditions out there this morning. I mean, I was layered up to the hill uh, and it still got into my bones this morning uh, when I came back in here. Um, and, it, you know, it, it's not ideal at all. Patricia, obviously, it's a lot better than sleeping out, particularly in weather like this. But, like, it's, it's no solution. And when you then have a lot of people in, in confined spaces, as you say, every bit of floor space is, is being used, can, can that cause its own challenges? Of course, it puts pressure on everybody. Like, it's, it's, it's not a big building by any means. Um, it, it obviously creates tension can create tension just you know think of your own spending time in your own family over a period of two or three days and the cabin fever starts to set in i mean that can happen very quickly it puts pressure it puts pressure on the staff it puts pressure on the whole system um and and you know it's a particularly challenging time for everybody there's no question uh, but ultimately you know the, the goal is just to try and keep everybody as safe as possible and you know have somewhere warm for people to come into uh, for as long as possible and and We'll keep that open till till the current uh, cold spell subsides, and obviously we'll we'll keep it under um, review constantly throughout the winter. Does it mean extra staff have to be rostered on for the coming days and into next week? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, in normal circumstances, Patricia, our emergency shelter accommodates forty-seven people a night. Um, you add the nightlight service, an extra sixteen beds. Pretty much, I say beds, but they're they're literally sleeping bags on the floor. Um, so you know that brings you up to what uh, you know, close enough to to sixty three, I think. Um, last month we had an average of seventy five people in our emergency shelter, uh, such as the the need for emergency beds is the highest I've ever seen it. Um, last night we probably had close to eighty, um, and, and and maybe one or two above. And so, like, we have to bring in extra staff. There's no way the current staff company could, could, could cope with that level of pressure. Is it hard to encourage rough sleepers to come indoors, even during a, a really arctic period of weather? It can be. 
And some of the people we met this morning obviously would have been very strongly encouraged to come in. You know, some people's mental health is very poor, Patricia. And, you know, the thought of going into an environment that is so busy and so full of people can be daunting. Um, and, you know, people might feel um, they might get a better night's sleep either staying out or, you know, they might find it challenging being in, in such a busy uh, uh, environment. Um, so it, it, it can be. Um, and, and it's usually related to people's mental health. People have trust issues. People, you know, are, 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 are maybe withdrawn into themselves because of, you know, whatever trauma they've experienced in the past. Um, but the you know our outreach team are out there pretty much constantly over the last few days checking in with people, making sure they're still alive. To be honest, uh, checking in on their well-being. If they feel somebody is particularly vulnerable, they will literally move mountains to try and get them somewhere, a space somewhere, uh, and do everything they can to to encourage them to come in. A lot of their work, you know, is about building up a, a relationship with people and a trusting relationship with people. And that sometimes can, can take quite a long time. Uh, your staff are incredible. The work that you all, you, you guys do, it, it really is. And it's it's done quietly and a lot of people don't see it and don't know about it. I mean, as you say, you are literally keeping uh, people alive. But I'm very conscious that, you know, the Cork Simon community, you are a charity. So obviously this is going to put additional strain on your finances. Of course it does. The staff are amazing, Patricia, I have to say, and it's, it, they are doing the, the incredible work. And, and it really shines in times like this, you know. And increasingly, we're seeing these cold weather snaps. You know, we see horrendous storms over the last two or three years. Obviously, everything that went on around COVID, and, and that's when it really, really shines. But you're right, it puts pressure on the services. It puts pressure on our finances. And I've said it to you before, Patricia, and I'll say it again, People in Cork really, really rally around. Um, you know, they really stand firm with us. And we literally couldn't do any of that work, especially this week, without that kind of um, level of support. It's financial support for sure, but it's moral support as well. It's like it's the wind in our sails, really. And just remind listeners of how uh, people can help. I know we've been talking about the, the Christmas jumper days uh, and encouraging people to get involved in that for Simon. But how can people help out Simon, uh, particularly in the run up to Christmas? Yeah, I mean, a Christmas jumper day is a great way to do it. It gets everybody involved in a, in a common cause. And, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for people to get together and socialise. And we've had a little opportunity to do that over the last few years. Um, but also, you know, uh, any donation, any size, big, small or, or in between is, is more than welcome. And uh, the easiest way to do that is, is on our website at, at corksalmon.ie. Have a happy and a safe Christmas, uh, Paul, and uh, continue good luck with the amazing work that you, you guys do in Simon. And thanks for taking time out to talk to us today. Thanks a million, Patricia. Many happy returns to you and your team. And, and, and thanks for, for highlighting the issue over the past year. Our pleasure. Good morning to you. I got an email in this morning and it, listen, it's a long shot, but we may, there may be someone listening who might be able to help or who might be able to point us in the right direction. I got an email in from a local vet in the Mallow area to say, 
I wonder, would you be able to help me with this one? I have a Ukrainian client who is looking for 60 hours IT experience here in the Cork area. Now, he's currently living in Mallow. His English is very good. And I'm wondering, could your fine station, thank you for that, kindly put the word out, please, to listeners, in the hope that somebody in Cork IT might be able to reach out and help. I tune in daily. Cattle, cats, dogs and horses are my field. It's uh, not much less, IT much less so, says our local uh, vet. And uh, he says that the gentleman in question um, is, um, is, a, is, an, is, is a really great guy. Um, and he's just trying to do a shout out. So is anybody working in IT? I'm assuming he needs some kind of work experience in, all, in order to then go on and get a full-time job. I'm assuming that's where we're coming from on this. So is there anybody listening in the IT world who could help us, who could contact us and we could put you in contact with this uh, gentleman or could anybody show us or point us in the direction of where we could possibly go, where we could lead this gentleman to go in the hope that he'd be able to get the IT experience. And here yet again is another Ukrainian uh, refugee desperately trying to find work because I was only reading during the week that a third of the Ukrainian refugees of working age are currently working at the moment and of the, the others there's there's a couple of reasons why most of them want to work um, there's a, a, a number of reasons why some of them can't work some of them some of the mums have very young children obviously and they would have uh, childminding uh, issues and others obviously there's an issue around language but I suppose as they develop more um, basic and good English language skills that will open up doors for them to get work but it looks in this particular gentleman's case his English is very good so that's not an issue so looking for 60 hours of IT experience and I'm assuming then that opens doors for him to go on and get full time work if anybody can help us let us know please and we can hook you up with this uh, local vet who can then hook you up with the gentleman who he is trying to help 0818 103 103 Bernie taking your calls some reaction to my interview about co-action and the good news certainly from the parents of the children in West Cork that the child and family centre is to remain as is. John in Bantry says he was a member of Coaction. He reckons a huge problem with not being able to retain staff or get new staff to work. Could it be anything to do with the fact that the workers don't have a union? And he's also questioning what is their level of pay like? And he's wondering why can't they retain workers and why can't they get new workers to come in and work with uh, Coaction? There's an ongoing issue between the public and private sector when it comes to disability services and people who work directly for the HSE get paid more unfortunately than people that work for for charities or work in the private uh, sector. That's been an ongoing issue. We mentioned it when we were talking about it's to do with Section 38s and Section 39s and the way they are um, they're treated differently when it comes to the pay for the workers. It's an ongoing saga even though at the end of the day it all comes out of the same pot in that the HSE fund all of the different um, Section 38s and Section 39s but there's two different levels of pay. So it's very understandable if somebody has been offered a higher level of pay for doing the same work you can see why people are going to jump ship but because this and I know it's a particular issue in West uh, Cork for co-action but it's not just in West Cork it's an issue all over uh, the country. And then Linda thank you uh, John for your call. Linda then was on 
talking about people power and how people power has worked with the protest that was held last weekend and I know there was protests outside of the the family and child centre uh, throughout the week in West Cork and people were just very very upset about this decision and I go back to when we picked up on the story following the AGM a couple of weeks ago the one thing that came through was the lack of communication when decisions like this have to be made for whatever reason and, and you know and you the, they're made for the best of, of intentions but you need to communicate with people you need to explain to people why these decisions are being made and then what effect is it going to have on in this case it it's children who attend the children's services so you need to speak to their parents because the parents are the ones who advocate on behalf of their of their children and they only want what's best for their children and if they have a service that they feel is really good they don't want anything that's going to dilute that service so Linda is one of the parents involved and she contacted us this morning to say she wants to say a huge thank you to the whole of West Cork for getting behind the parents and service users of CoAction. She also says a huge shout out to the incredible frontline staff at CoAction who are so grateful for people supporting them. Onwards and upwards, says Linda, for all of the service users of CoAction. We will do everything to make sure you are all brought back to the heart of CoAction. You are CoAction, says Linda. And that's a powerful statement and it's a true statement as well. It is the service users who should be at the heart of co-action and India's right, they are uh, co-action and that's why when parents aren't included in the loop at the end of the day, the parents are the ones that know their sons and daughters the best. They know what works for their sons and daughters, they know what could work for their sons and daughters and they are the ones that have to advocate on, on their behalf and they are the ones that were out protesting and shouting from the rooftops to say stop, this is a wrong, wrong decision so that's why it's good to see that sense has prevailed and they have decided to uh, stop. I'm not saying that that's the end of it there. I have a feeling we're going to be hearing more but for now it's a good news story and it's a good news story on a Friday and we'll welcome that. 0818 103 103. Here's one is a kind of one food for thought. Patricia, with all the talk about the current shortage of substitute teachers, and it's not just even substitute teachers, can I interject there and say there is a shortage of teachers nationwide. Some areas like Dublin and the larger urban areas are more affected and that's got a lot to do with the housing situation and it's just too expensive to live in those areas. So even if a young teacher goes forward for a position, gets it, they then realise, well, I can't afford to live anywhere close to the school, so they have to turn down uh, the offer. So there's, there's, a, there's an issue around full-time teachers as well. Anyway, back to this texter saying would it not be a good time to allow immigrants with teaching degrees to help fill the gap. Presently, these people cannot register in Ireland because they don't have a qualification in the Irish language, even at primary school level. If this ruling was reformed, there would be numerous teachers available to cover designated subjects as not all subjects need to be taught in Irish and I think that is a jolly good suggestion and I know at the moment the Department of Education saying that they're doing everything to try to manage the situation and trying to be creative and come up with ways around getting more people back into the profession. I know one of the suggestions this week, even though I think it's been knocked on the head, was Norma Foley, the Minister for Education, and her suggestion to cancel all career breaks for teachers, which really, I, I remember at the time when I first heard it, or I think I saw it online, that it was one of her suggestions to look at career breaks and to cancel. And I'm thinking, 
that is not going to go go down well with the teaching profession and it didn't. And it's certainly not going to go down well with young teachers or young people thinking of becoming teachers. You know, you need to you need to incentivize people to become a, a teachers and they've always been given um, career breaks you know, either to go off and to retrain themselves or maybe to raise families or maybe to go over overseas. And I really didn't think it was a good a good suggestion, particularly coming from Minister for Education who's on a career break herself. So I do think they need to be looking out the box a little bit and that one from that there's no name on that text but I think that's something that certainly could be looked at now obviously you couldn't have a teacher working in a Gael skull if they didn't have Irish but we have lots of other schools that are not taught through Irish and there are certainly the subjects where you don't need to have any bit of the Irish language but of course in order to become a primary school teacher you have to have fluency in the Irish language so yeah I, I agree I think that is I would suggest that that is something that certainly could be looked at good suggestion thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862103103 I was talking about the low prices of petrol and diesel at one fitting station in Bandham Noreen in Crookstown was on to say uh, Patricia um, diesel 167 and petrol 157.2 in Crookstown <laughs> so West Cork seems to be leading the charge when it comes to lower uh, prices 0818 103 103 and then a couple of people are on about what is a really another really good news story on a Friday and a new chapter for the great people of McCroom with the by- by- bypass opening some of your texts in Mara says on this great day of the opening of the bypass in McCroom I would like to sincerely thank and congratulate Deputy Michael Creed on all his hard work. First of all, securing the funding and getting this project off the ground. It's a credit to you, Michael, says Morris. Thank you. A great day for Cork and a great day for the county, says Morris. And Mary says, what a day in history with the opening of the McCroom bypass. A long time in the making. Exiled from Carrigafuca now where the bypass passes through. I remember my father, says Mary, saying he would never see that bypass open in his lifetime. Mary says her dad is dead nearly 20 years now. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it was. It's one of those stories that has just gone on and on and on. And I know when I started this programme and it's now we're now over 32 years. It was 32 years ago last month when I first did the programme out of small studios in Bandon. One of the first interviews I did in that first week was about the need for a bypass in McCroom. And as I say, that was that was 32, now over 32 uh, years ago. And um, we heard it on the news there as well with uh, Barry, the, the Taoiseach, was the first to travel on the long-awaited McCroom uh, bypass. First section has now been officially opened. It's the eight kilometre section. It's a 300 million euro bypass. And of course, the cost of the bypass has gone up and up. If they had done it, back when people were first calling for it it wouldn't have cost as much anyway it was 11 o'clock this morning that kind of now I mean I don't know if he's finished or if he's still trundling along he uh, was uh, he was the first to uh, drive uh, on it the route by the way for everybody else officially opens at 2 o'clock uh, today vintage cars from Muskery Vintage Club are taking part with the Taoiseach's Cavalcade as we speak and they went f- they're, they're leaving from the Mill Street cross side of the town our own county mayor Danny Collins is also amongst those attending obviously all of the local 
uh, elected representatives are, are no doubt in McCroom uh, as well and they've got a fine sunny chilly day but they've got a fine dry day for it now the first section of the new road it runs from Cool Cower that's on the Cork City side of the town and it goes right through to Carrigafuca on the County Kerry side and that is going to relieve major problems in McCroom time, town I mean peak times in the town were dominated we all have memories of being stuck in long long tailbacks in McCroom and you do you try to travel through in the summer season and throw in all the tourists that just make the, made the back, back logs uh, even longer during the summer months so the 22 kilometre bypass will run alongside the current N22 road however when fully completed the overall project will have eliminated the twists and the turns the major ones between McCroom and Ballyvorney and I saw Anne Murphy in the Examiner uh, today with a quote from the Fianna Fáil TD Andreas Moynihan saying a hugely positive day for McCroom it's a new chapter opening for the town for the Holy Valley and for the south side and he's hoping that the economy of the town now will benefit from that bypass because of course so much of the traffic that has trundled through McCroom they don't stop to shop and the uh, campaign for the bypasses of the town has been running for years now planning was granted initially back in 2011 so that's 11 years ago but then of course it got shelved in 2016 that was because of funding issues and then finally it was November of 2019 when the contracts were signed with um, Cork County Council and seemingly road blasting has been a crucial aspect of the western section of the bypass with 400,000 cubic metres of rock been removed from that area and a total of 27 individual blasts were involved just in that part of the uh, project and well done to Cork County Council during the week I don't know if you saw it they released drone footage a video of the road to show uh, the layout ahead of the opening and it it was really really quite uh, stunning to see and today of course as I say the Taoiseach now uh, officially opening the McCroom Bypass as we uh, speak and today of course the opening will be one of Micheál Martin's final public duties as Taoiseach because of course he's going to be handing over the transition of um, uh, the role of Taoiseach to the Taunish that Leave Radker in the coming days so it'll be one of the final things that he will do 0818 103 103 Bernie taking your calls text WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs With the new Charleville Nursing Home Find their current available positions at molumhealthcare.com forward slash careers now, an experienced house cleaner is wanted in the Fomoy area. It's for three hours work per week. Call 087 92 The wonderful Donkey Sanctuary in Lascarol, they've got a number of vacancies. They're looking for a fundraising operations assistant. They're looking for a visitor experience manager and a farm worker slash groom. Now, full details are available on RC103 website or you can check out their website, which is thedonkeysanctuary.org.uk. Two cleaners are wanted in Mallow, €11.55 per hour. Email your CV to carry.murphy at osborne.ie. And a dairy farm worker is wanted in Mallow. Now, you need to have a PPS number. You also need to have your own transport, 87 297 You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is... 
Now, last month, Cove mum Antoinette Burke joined me in advance of a trip to Poland to have her teenage daughter Katie assessed to see whether surgery could be performed on her pelvis. She promised she would come back and update us and Antoinette and Katie arrived back from Poland, I believe, just yesterday. So I'm delighted to say that Antoinette joins me uh, this morning. Good morning to Antoinette. Good morning, Patricia. I, you haven't even the washing out of the, done out of the suitcase, have you? I actually have half the washing done. Well done, what a woman. I what did, a woman. Great okay, <laughs> let's start with the good news. Outline what Dr. Paley said on examining Katie. Well, the good news is he can operate on her. Um, when we got over there, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, um, he, I've never seen an assessment like it. He assessed her from literally her hips all the way down to her feet. Um, he got x-rays done of her over there. Um, these were standing x-rays, which she's never had done here. She's always been lying down. Okay. And he was saying, like, with her standing, he can see what way the pressure is on her hip when she's standing. And he had a look at her CT scan. So he said, over the years, Katie's developed a twist in her femur, which is the the thigh bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worse on her right leg than it is on her left. Now, there is a twist on her left, but it's not anything major yet. Um, it's twisted so much that her whole foot turns inwards. Um, but he said what is unusual is that she has developed um, a twist in the, the socket as well. So her pelvis and her femur have twisted together. And that's unusual? He said that's very unusual to happen. Does it, um, ex- when he was really laying all this to you and Katie, does it explain why she's been in so much pain? Yes. Yeah. He actually says to me, he said, I don't know how she's walking. With the way she is. With the way it, it's twisted. But he said, the way... Like with a normal hip socket, if you kind of hold your hand facing the wall and do it in a backward C shape, mm. that's a normal shape of a hip socket. Yeah. Katie's is totally opposite way. And could you clearly see that? Did you see the x-rays? He pointed them out to me. I know I couldn't see it when I looked at myself. Yeah, yeah. But he, when he said to me here, this is where it is, I was like, oh. Wow. <laughs> so he's he's outlining the you know twisted free femur, the problem with the hip socket, and you're sitting there thinking, is he going to be able to do anything? Yeah. And he but says he like, will. This is what he does every single day of the week. This is his speciality, is hip surgery. Okay. Um. So what basically her pelvis? It's actually called a retroverted. Ret- I can't say the word. <laughs> retroverted pelvis. Okay. Um, so, so back backwards pelvis really is kind of basically it's backwards yeah, yeah. yeah. so what so can he, he said, do um, basically what he's going to do is reconstruct her whole pelvis and twist the femur bone that it'll fit in properly into the ball and socket that's in simple terms <laughs> and that will stop um, it twisting further then and, 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 and straightness pin it into place yeah yeah obviously so it'll stay that way now she cannot wait there for six weeks after when she has this done yeah 
but they will do physiotherapy every single day with her. For six while weeks. While she's over there, even though she can't put her foot, her leg, like she can't put weight on her right leg. And Antoinette, did, did Dr. Paley say if Katie doesn't have the operation, what's the prognosis? Well, he said, um, like, there's a chance that Katie will get arthritis in her hip. And obviously it'll get worse um, if nothing is done for her. Could she end up wheelchair bound? Um, yes. Oh my God. Um, you know what I mean? After everything we've gone through with her, I don't want her back in a wheelchair. Now I know she has to go back into a chair after the surgery because she obviously she can't put the weight. I wouldn't worry about that. Her she, leg. There, there's I'm an end. There's that. an end goal. There's an end yeah. goal there. Now you, know you, I mean? you, Doctor Paley is American. He's it's Florida, isn't it? Where his main clinic he's is based in Florida. Florida, and he does this outreach clinic in Poland. He now, flew to Poland. Because he, he has an outreach clinic there, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She has it. It's a completely like it's it's, it's the Paley Institute. In I saw. Florida, yeah. It's the Paley European. Yeah. Institute I saw the pictures up, 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 up on Facebook. But yeah. this is major surgery. He doesn't want to do it in Poland. I take it. No. No. He wants to actually do it in Florida because when he does surgeries in Poland, he literally does the surgery and goes back home to Florida. So he said because it's such a complex surgery, he'd prefer that she come to Florida to him. Because if, God forbid, Nalham, anything goes wrong, he's on hand straight away to fix it. Well, not fix, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, there, I, there I, yeah, and, and I'm yeah, sure you, you feel more confident with that. If it, was, yeah, if it was routine surgery, you were getting done fine. You know, they would be able yes, to deal no, and have that. But, but this because, isn't. Yeah. yeah, because of the complex complexity of what he has to do for her. Um, he actually said, he said, I would prefer, he said, if you came to me in Florida. Okay, I, ha- I hate now to bring up the, the dirty word of money. Uh, yeah. because we know any kind of operations that go on in the States, any kind of medical procedures that goes on in the States, uh, you're into kind of almost telephone book numbers. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Has, has he given you an outline of what it'll cost? Um, I will know. He said within a week I'd have to report in and the costings because obviously they have to sit down now and work out exactly what has to be done for her. And then give it to the, the what you call it, the billing department, basically. And they said, like, they basically, all right, this is how much it will cost. Have you a ballpark? Um, Have you even a ballpark he, figure? He couldn't even give me a ballpark. He said he doesn't know. Okay, he but, like, but he it doesn't don't... deal with that side of it. He's just a doctor. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's, you know, that's fair enough. But it does mean you are very much, once again, back to the drawing board for fundraising yep. with, fu- with fundraising from starting yep. from scratch and and when I say back to the drawing board just for, for people who maybe didn't have our first chat you've done all this before for Katie I have done this before we brought her to St. Louis in Missouri in 2014 for SDR surgery and what did, um, that, what did that cost? Uh, that cost was 60,000 euro um, now that covered it was SDR Perks, which is muscle lengthening, five weeks of physio, um, equipment over there as well. They gave her new 
AFO splints for her legs. They gave her night splints. They gave her uh, walking canes, the kind of triangle-shaped walking canes. But that was Over a su- there as that, well. no, but that was a success. She's oh, just she's just been unlucky that this has yeah. happened. Yeah, that this we has don't happened. do things by half. We like to complicate. Yeah, <laughs> would you, and would you, would you be hoping that this would be the final surgery, Antoinette? What's your gut well, telling you? Obviously, he said like the right hip is, is bad. Yeah, but he said like the left one is twisted, but no, it it doesn't warrant surgery. So, yes. All right, so, the so may... she may have to go back and get the left one done. Okay, but at a four, in a four, yeah. like at a four day. But listen, let's focus on the right one uh, first. But which that's is... what he said. He said we'll focus on the right one. We'll get that one fixed first, and we'll review her then after that and see what way the left one is. What was Katie's reaction when Doctor Paley said, "Yes, I can operate on you, Katie"? Well, like Katie's stubborn, so when, like she was. She was in the room with him and she listened to everything he said and whatever. And as soon as he left the room, sorry, she just burst out crying. She's like, sorry. No, you're okay. <laughs> crying with delight or happiness? Cr- happiness. God, like, like she said, somebody's finally listening to us. Because like, as Katie's mum, I go with my gut instinct when I know there's something wrong with my child. I won't drop it until I get answers. And my gut instinct told me, like, here they were saying her hip, yeah, it's dislocated, but it's fine. But I knew there was more to this than just a dislocated hip. She actually has a fracture in her pelvis as well. Poor child. That he has to pin, like he has to put a like a, a screw, basically into it while he's operating on it. He said, "I'll just put a screw in that, and it'll help stabilise the, the pelvis as well." So, like I, as I said, I go with my gut. With Katie, like you know yourself with your child, when you know something's not right, you go to the end of the earth to find out. Yeah, it's just uh, any pa- any parent will identify yeah. with that. Watching your child in pain. And knowing that, you know, knowing that, and I think frustration. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. 
And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW knowing that somebody can do something but there's nobody willing to do it here there's nobody just, willing to do it here for just, okay so Katie's fight to keep walking <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, will you have there'll be fundraisers people can go on to the Facebook uh, page and, and you do I mean I was even looking at it last night you do seem to have an army of people behind you there's a lot of I people do, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's like a lot my, of people in like Cork like family in Dublin there's a lot a lot of people in Cork um, there's First Ireland girls they've got behind us they've helped us because um we're involved with us to try to get better um, services yeah yeah, okay, well, Katie stay. Listen, the, stay, the, the stay, stay in contact. Stay in contact with us, and let us know of any fundraisers that you have coming up that we can advertise and let people know about. In the meantime, we direct people once again to the Facebook page, Katie's Fight uh, to Keep Walking. Go have a fantastic Christmas, Antoinette, and we'll, we'll speak to you again in the new year. Okay, and yes, and give and give our love, give our love, give our love to Katie. I will. God bless, God bless. There is there is a, a mother like any other mother. Would you go to any lengths, wouldn't you, to get your child out of pain? That's uh, Antoinette uh, Burke, Katie's fight to keep walking. 0818 103 103. Our lines are open. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 0818 103 103. Now once again this year, Joseph Byrne of Joseph's Hair Salon on the Glashine Road has organised a big Christmas party which will take place this coming Sunday to see if it's all systems go for the annual Miracle on Glashine Road. And I'd like to say Joseph Byrne joins me. Good morning to Joe. Good morning, my darling. Patricia, uh, how are you? I'm very well, I'm very well, and you're welcome to the programme. Uh, just to, to give us a bit of a reminder, how many years have you been running the Christmas party and how did it all come about? This would be our ninth year, Patricia. We would start it off doing selection boxes for the homeless and doing a few haircuts from penny dinners and things like that in the salon. And Flannery's pub thrown over a few cocktail sausages and chips. But then it has progressed to an, an amazing event every year. And this year it is just after taking off. We have something like maybe 60 children coming from Edel House, Coney Refuge, and the Good Shepherds and other other areas. We have parents, we have um, adults, we have homeless people coming. And we and have... The little, and the little ones that are coming, uh, Joseph, are kids who have had a pretty tough this year. Very tough, yeah. very tough. And you know, Patricia, I see it all year round because I invite some of the mothers in with their kids to get their hair done. You see, I, I rather kind of do it like that now. 
um, give my voucher, come and get the hair done, especially the mammies when the kids are gone to school and things. You know, I had a mammy contact me the other day. She's a 10-year-old child. She suffered a lot of trauma. She's panic attacks. Could she come and get the hair done on Sunday? Oh, my God, can she watch? She can, of course. We have Santi. Please escort her to Santi. We have a magician, George County. We have choir singing. In the, and we have food all day. And oh. we have presents, Patricia, for everybody. So so you, you'll still do the hairs, will you? Will the hairs? We'll do the hairs will in you the s- salon. And okay. then we go over to the marquee from the lad, John Gaffney, and Pat Maureen Flannery do all the food in the marquee. They have it all heated now for the weekend, all decorated. And we have... We have um, Santa, as I say, coming, and we have a choir. We have the whole lot. So it'll be very magical over there. And then we've crossed the road, getting the hair done. Well, I'm trying to maybe delete the hair a little bit, make it more about the party. I'll say okay. the hair all year round, which is great. But there will be kids coming in, and there'll be mammies getting the hair done and things. It, it'll, it'll be a big event, um, Patricia. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, gro- it's, it's, it's just, it's grown. Because I, I remember when you started collecting the selection boxes and people, yeah. and you were doing it at Easter, collecting the Easter eggs, and people were just dropping it in. And it started out very small. And it is just taking wings and it's it's um, it's flown into this this wonderful absolutely. wonderful and you couldn't and I and I know you'll want to say this, Joe, you couldn't do it without the generosity of your staff, volunteers, local businesses and all those people who simply all drop in donations. Believable, Patricia. I couldn't do it without any like I'm the front man, like you mean even Dharma husband, everybody, they're amazing. Um but the people in Flashine, Toker, Wilson, all that just Constantly, we've a spare house now. I can literally say this full of stuff. A neighbour gave us a house. We have a guy coming with two vans and son to deliver all the stuff out, and then anything that's left over will go into penny dinners. But we have presents for everybody, we have presents for mammies, and then we have vouchers for people to fill up their fridge. We have um, cinema tickets, we have Costa Coffee tickets, we have Oh my God! I can't. I can't even go there. And the vouchers are great. The vouchers are great. Yeah. And you know what we have then? We have a lovely client, Tamira O'Connell, comes in. We call her Mrs. Bouquet, <laughs> and she does those Vietnamese biscuits every year. She sends out boxes of them, and she tries to do that to be baking now on Sunday morning and sending down all their, all their um, scones and things like that, and cakes and cupcakes. So they're sent away with all that as well. Yeah. Is it a very emotional day, Joe? Unbelievable, yeah. It's, do you know what it is? It's a very high day at the time. You're actually on such a high and you have kids following around all day and I know is the fact that Dharma's are for me, the kids keep playing on to us and they're kind of around us the whole time and then they're singing, they're cracked, they're all that. But then you see hear the stories from mothers and even when they come in, they come in kind of shyly and quietly but they leave in such a Elisa stage with the kids in the bags and we're going off in great form. I to be exhausted after from emotion, from, you know, thinking, oh my God, I'm going home to a beautiful home. They're going to emergency accommodation. They're going home to God knows what. They're locked into a room maybe in case a situation happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so, tough. People have, tough and, people, and people have it very tough. And I think this year with the rise in the cost of living, have it tougher, I think, than any other year. They actually have, yeah, and there's more people contacting me privately, you know what I mean, St. Joe's, any chance you can give us a hand, um, I'm a genuine case, you can ask blah, 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 and I said, of course, really, you know, 
um, even it's only like um, something for the kids, something they send me the ages of the kids. And I said, look, bring out the kids, tell me their ages, we parcels, we'll have the parcels wrapped up, their names on them, Santa will have them when they come, and then the mammies will go off with their presents as well. And you sort out situations too, because you know who really, yeah, really, yeah. So they might get an extra hundred euro voucher for done stores or something like that, you know. And people have been really generous uh, again, because while there are a cohort of people struggling, there are a cohort of people, Joe, who can afford to help. There is, and yeah. they, they, they certainly do. They drop in, the, you know, customers and everybody amazing to drop in stuff. But then I had a family, um, a little plunkers was up in green. She contacted me, they weren't buying presents for cousins and things this year. So she wrapped 800 euros worth of presents. Oh, so rather than give presents to each other. To cousins and neighbours and nieces because they get too much. They had a chat, the family decided, they heard me on the radio and they she contacted me and she had 800 euros worth of stuff all wrapped up. A lot of people have done that. Kids are coming in with stuff saying they have enough. Um, customers just told me 20 euros. They're coming in with Nivea sets. Pharmacies are ringing me up. Bookstores are ringing me up. Yeah. It's amazing. And you know what I find? Because people say to me, Joe, I don't only give it to you because you give it straight to the person. Yeah, they trust you. They trust you. And the thing and, is, yeah. you see, I give her, you see the child's face, you see the mother, you see the mother going off her back and stuff, knowing that she has a hundred euro voucher. Yeah. And told, look, if you're stuck for coal, if you do anything like that, give us a shout that, oh, it's something left over, you know what I mean? You're great. You, you just, you're Patricia, great. Patricia, I'll tell you a funny one, though. Go on. Before Quick. you go. Yeah. I'm lying in bed in the master hospital with a gown on me, right? A pair of tights up to my knees, a blue hat over my head waiting to go for surgery. Oh, I didn't know that. Are you okay? Yeah, uh, I didn't know it either. You went in yesterday from the salon, um, emergency operation today. I am so devastated. I might miss the event even oh, though we go ahead, everybody will be there. But you should see me in the tight I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure you're a picture of beauty as always. Listen, I'm look, starving. They had me fat. I'm absolutely starving. I would love a sausage sandwich. Listen, <laughs> will you just mind yourself? My goodness. Oh, and, th- and thank you for taking our call. We really appreciate it. Not at let all, let us know. Let us know. Support. And let us know how you get on, OK? God bless. Let us know, let us know, let us know. Bye, darling. Bye, 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 darling. the wonderful Joseph Byrne live from the Martyr Hospital on on a trolley. I didn't realise that. Listen, best of luck to everybody involved in that very magical day next uh, Sunday. And thank you to Megan and Nathan from Iris and their mammy who sent me on gorgeous photographs. They went along to Cinderella at the Everyman Theatre for the Everyman Panther. They won the tickets here on the programme and they went last night and Megan, gorgeous photographs of Megan and uh, Nathan and uh, mammy says that they had a fantastic, great night and it was a super prize and it was amazing. So thank you. They're gorgeous, happy, smiling uh, children who absolutely loved their night at the Panto. Uh, thank you for that. It's always nice when people take time out to send on photos like that on uh, WhatsApp. Now we are, of course, today, final day that we're giving away our Super Value gift cards. Uh, by the close of business today, we'll give given away a total of €5,000 worth of Super Value gift cards. It's the C103's Christmas covered. Your chance uh, to win every day a 500 euro festive shopping spree. Now yesterday at nine o'clock in the morning, Ken was playing the Christmas bells and he rung the bells five times. Then at two o'clock with the Nick, it was three bells. And then at five in the evening, Martina rang the bells six times, which gave us a total yesterday of 14 bells. 
And I can tell you that Melanie Ford from Paula Duff Road in Cork City correctly identified the 14 bells and one for herself yesterday's 500 euro super value gift card. That final one is up for grabs today. So hopefully you heard the bells with Kem this morning. You'll hear them one more time with Nick at two o'clock and then Martina will play the final set of Christmas bells at five o'clock this evening. And then after that, you'll start texting and WhatsApping immediately into Martine on drive on 0862103103. That's the C103's Christmas covered. We're having great fun with it with Super Value gift cards. They're perfect, of course, for every occasion. They're available in store or online for e-gift cards that can be sent with a personal message. You simply search Super Value gift card and you're listening out two o'clock and five o'clock today for the final time to win only on C103. 0818103103 Bernie has taken your calls somebody wants me to give a shout out and to mention there's a scam going around at the moment it's claiming to be a free Cadbury's basket just to warn people if they see it please ignore it as always with any of those scams if it seems too good to be true then it probably is some kind of a scam so I'm assuming it's is it been done by text message or maybe by email but keep a look out or maybe it's popping up on social media Cadbury's are not giving away basket filled filled with chocolate they don't really need to at this time of the year because it probably is their busiest time of the uh, year. Now lovely to see gorgeous pictures in the papers uh, today of the live crib and of course there's been weeks of uh, controversy in Dublin over their traditional live crib but it's back. Uh, Yesterday was its first day albeit it is in a new location and there was local children dressed up as little angels and there was a gospel choir and it all got officially launched. The crib's new venue is on St Stephen's uh, Green and it's been described as always it's a gift from the farmers of Ireland to the good people of Dublin that's what they they say it is every year and it was the Junior Minister Patrick O'Donovan he of course has responsibility for the Office of Public Works along with the Irish Farmers Association and children from the YMCA creche in Dublin and the Lucan Gospel Choir were all in attendance to celebrate the opening of the crib in St Stephen's Green. It's at the Summer House in on St Stephen's uh, Green. Now, in keeping with tradition, that goes back to 1995 when the live crib was first introduced as a Christmas attraction in Dublin at the Mansion House. The a farmer by the name of Fionn Sherlock, his grandfather John and his grand-uncle Joe Gallagher They've been supplying the animals for almost the last 30 years. So every night he will come back, pick up the animals and return them to his County Wicklow farm and then he drop them back out again the next uh, day. Minister O'Donovan branded the decision, of course, by the Dublin Lord Mayor. That's the Green Party Mayor, Caroline Conroy, not to hold the live crib as the mansion house as bizarre. So he now has invited families to come to the park to carry on the tradition after he intervened to find an alternative place in which to to put the live uh, crib and of course obviously the IFA very much involved in that uh, decision. Now Dublin's Lord Mayor has said she believed that a live animal display was inappropriate in a busy city centre so she opted, the fact she was mayor she opted not to run and she had the, it was within her powers not to run with a live crib this uh, year so Minister O'Donovan moved in and he says that the live crib offers an opportunity to celebrate and reflect 
impact on the nativity story over the next few weeks. And he's now hoping the families will come and enjoy it and the other various activities that are organised throughout the city. The IFA, meanwhile, have been at pains to point out that animal welfare is paramount and the shelter has been installed in line with the Farm Animal Welfare Advisory Council guidelines. And they deliberately decided, I thought this was good, they deliberately decided to choose yesterday, the 8th of December, to open, to have the first official opening of the crib because obviously the 8th of December it very much signifies the connection between the rural and the urban communities. I don't know today is it as popular a shopping day for people from the country used to go to Dublin or they'd go to Cork City or it was just, it was traditionally the day that rural Ireland did all of their Christmas shopping but you know they wanted just to keep up that connection between rural Ireland and city communities so the live crib it was he from it was um, uh, Mr Callanan from the uh, was him Tim Tim Callanan from the IFA it was he said that the live crib is a gift from the farmers of Ireland to the people of uh, Dublin and he says it's very much a wonderful part of the tradition uh, in Dublin just in the lead up to Christmas so if you are planning a trip to Dublin between now and Christmas head to St Stephen's Green to the Summer House where you'll be able to see the crib the crib is open to the public every day from now until the 22nd of December and it can be viewed from external railings outside the venue I mean people aren't allowed to get I mean looking at the pictures today you've got you've got little children very close and personal with the animals obviously if you've ever seen the live crib in the past that's not the case you're, you're viewing them behind an external uh, railing so the live crib going ahead and now officially open for another year. 0818103103 Bernie is taking your calls. Texts and WhatsApps continue to uh, come in to 0862103103 Michael Harvey mentioned earlier about the supply of teachers and the shortage of teachers both at primary level and at secondary level and I mentioned that Minister Foley Norma Foley had made a suggestion of banning career breaks for teachers in the hope that that's going to help with the teacher numbers and of course it seems to have been knocked on the head but she got called out on it by Mary Lou of um, Sinn Féin's Mary Lou Macdonald saying it's a bit, it was a bit ironic that Norma Foley was talking about cancelling career breaks for teachers when she herself is a teacher and is currently on a career break while she is a minister in the Daw. That's led Michael to say, when you mention that Norma Foley is on a career break, what about Micheál Martin? Is he, is he still on a career break? Is he still a teacher? Says Michael. Now, I did and I tried to look there during the news, but I can't find any information on it. And so I'm very much open to correction. But I think my memory serves me right that I heard during the week that there are 11 members of the Oireachtas who were teachers in a former life before they decided to become elected politicians and that 11 of them are still on career breaks. Now, I don't. I think probably initially Micheál Martin may have taken a career break, but it wouldn't be possible for him still to be on the career break because there are strict rules around teachers taking a career break. And a career break is a period of unpaid special leave for no less than one year. Now, it can be extended on an annual basis provided that the total period of the career break 
break does not exceed five years at any one time and then subject to an overall maximum of 10 years absence during a teacher's career. Amiha Martin has certainly been an elected representative and a politician and a minister and now currently Taoiseach for another few days. He's been certainly doing that for more than 10 years. Now when he gave up the position of teacher I don't know but I mean I'm, I'm assuming he would have extended uh, to the initial five years was he allowed to go to the 10? I'm not sure but you would take it that he's not but as I say I'll try and see if I can find it dig out any more information over the weekend as to who the 11 are but I'm sure it's 11 currently are on a career break which means their position is held it's filled by another teacher but should they then decide to either give up political life or maybe they don't get re-elected at the next election they can just slot back into their teaching post 0818 103 103 Bernie taking your calls The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing community and business supports all across the county see corkcoco.ie Now it is a busy weekend for the good people of Carrie because they're running collections for penny dinners and they're doing it in a number of various uh, places uh, throughout North Cork this weekend they'll be at the pub in Carrie if anybody wants to drop in anything for penny dinners also this evening they're in Bantir Community Centre between 8 and 10 and then on Saturday they will be collections for penny dinners at Tully East Community Hall between 11 and 1 Kilavollen Community Hall from 10am to 3pm Ballydesmond Community Centre tomorrow 10am to 12 noon also tomorrow Canturk Trade Union Hall 11am to 1 Dungorny GAA Pitch 3 to 6 and then on Sunday from 11 to 1 and Ballyhay Community School Hall Saturday and Sunday between 1 and 2 and then on Sunday they'll be in Aubain Cross and Cal and Dine restaurant that's in Mill Street and they're collecting uh, there on Sunday between 10am and 2pm. Anything you can give please to the wonderful work of Katrina Toomey and the gang at Cork Penny Dinners. And the Slattery family in Leitrim Kilworth are fundraising for the Cork Mental Health Foundation with their display of Christmas lights. The lights are on every evening in December from 5pm to 9pm and all donations are very welcome as I say all going to the Cork Mental Health Foundation. Rathmore Bingo is on, due to be on tonight, has been cancelled and that's due to the expected bad weather conditions. But Lenamore pantomime this week, Puss in Hoots, uh, is on in the community centre tonight and tomorrow night and then next weekend again, Friday and Saturday, admission €10 and it's cash only. There is a table quiz going to be held tonight at the Cork Simon community that we spoke about earlier today. That's on in Horgan's Lounge in Newmarket tonight. 8.45 teams of €4.30. And a fundraising night for the Blackwater Search and Rescue will be held in the local bar in Glanworth tonight. Music from 9 with Steve and friends along with special guests. A great night assured you're asked to please support. And this bingo in Kildallery that's in the Parish Hall. Please note the change of venue and Santa will be in Market Square in Mallow this afternoon at 3pm with all proceeds going to Temple Street Children's Hospital. C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103 103 And just on Iraq, this members and been on teachers on a career break from teaching. John Finber says, Patricia, I think only a few elections ago that both Enda Kenny and Miho Martin retired from their teaching posts but they were holding their jobs until then because he said, I remember lots 
lots of chat about it on the radio at the time says John Fimber I wonder how many years ago was that I'll try and see if I can dig something out over the weekend thanks for that John Fimber you have a much better memory than I do and Martin in Fomoy says I've just walked around the Pike Road in Fomoy and the amount of people walking their dogs uh, John Martin says they're pit bulls and Alsatians without muzzles on is frightening are these dog owners stupid or tone deaf because it's been on your show it's been on the news over the last number of weeks particularly with that young boy from Enniscorthy who is still in hospital why are they allowed out without uh, muzzles for God's sake these people need to uh, cop on uh, says Martin in Fromoy. Thank you for that, Martin. And just a quick couple of follow-up calls that we received. Um, I just didn't get a chance to get around to it earlier on in the week. Earlier in the week, Larry, one of our listeners, by the way, not his real name. I should have been a pains to point that out at the time because he was terrified that his, his children were going to know that he'd contacted the radio station. So that wasn't his real name. Um, and even the number of children he had was incorrect. So just to, so that we don't get anybody into trouble. But anyway, Larry was on to us because he uh, widowed with four years and he's gone back out social dancing again and enjoying himself and whatever and recently at a dance he met what he described as a really lovely nice lady and they had a lot in common and they were chatting and they spent a lot of the evening together and he happened to mention it to his adult uh, children the following day and there was consternation in the house. Now there was a divide down the middle. Half of the children thought it was great that dad would go off and meet somebody else but two of the children in particular took great offence to it and thought it was a slur in their mother's memory and he didn't know where to where to proceed and he said he hadn't even thought about getting into a serious relationship with this woman but he was contacting us to for advice as to what had others done in a similar situation and we had a huge outpouring of support I have to say uh, for Larry with people saying go for it go out and enjoy yourself and sure isn't probably isn't that what your wife would want you to do he, to, she wouldn't want you uh, sitting at home feeling absolutely miserable when all you're looking for is a bit of companionship Stephen anyway contacted us now he's a newer widow in that his wife passed away a year and a half ago. Stephen says his advice to Larry is go and enjoy yourself. Stephen said I would hate to think that any of my children would feel I was disrespecting their wife and my late mother my, their mother and my late wife's memory if I met somebody else. But at the same time what, is, what, what are people suggesting I do? Sit inside the house dressed in black for five years like they used to do in Victorian times? Now, Stephen said, I'm not talking about heading out into bars or clubs and getting drunk and picking up women. But what I am talking about is going to places like dances, for example. And if I meet somebody nice, like the lady that Larry uh, suggested, just take it all in tiny steps. But Stephen says he definitely isn't ruling it out. And then Peter contacted us to say he is in a very similar situation to uh, Larry. And he said only last week, he said it was as if the conversation had happened in his house. He happened to mention it to his children that he's thinking of going back dancing again and that sure he might get chatting to a lady and wouldn't it be lovely to have a bit of companionship and maybe somebody to travel to other dances uh, with etc. He said one of his adult children got extremely angry and straight out uh, said um, that I had had it good for 40 years I'm assuming he was married 40 years then as the conversation went on I was told by another one of my children well you won't be sitting at our Christmas table this year if you carry on like that. Peter said I got so annoyed with them that I've decided I'm spending Christmas Day on my own in my own house and I tell you what says Peter I will be happy 
out. And Peter says he'll be tuned to C103 and he actually rang up John Paul to see will C103 be live on Christmas Day. And they will actually, John Paul will be on in North Cork and John Green will be on in West Cork. So there'll be lots of music and chat uh, on the day on uh, Christmas Day for people who are on their, on their own. But that hugely saddened me. But, but Peter, he's, well, he's more... He's taken, he's, an, he's annoyed. He's annoyed with it with his children for saying, you're not coming to my house for Christmas dinner if you're even thinking of going out and chatting to other other women uh, because it's, it's, it would be bad for the memory of their mother. Shame on them for even saying that uh, to you. So he says he'll stay on his own and he'll be happy out. 0818 103 103 Bernie taking your uh, calls. Now it is Friday and it is time for our Friday festive feature with Mairead Tuig who's been going out and about coming up with the kind of festive pieces for us as we get in the mood for Christmas and today it's all about Christmas trees and Christmas tree farming There's just three Fridays left until Christmas Day. For this festive Friday feature I paid a visit to Castle Treasure Christmas Trees Pat Lehan says trade is up on last year and people have been shopping for their tree since the end of November. Pat explains the steps they take when cutting trees. We have a practice here that when we cut the trees we leave them lying down for a day or two and that we're not terribly sure how it happens but the, the, it seems to have a very good effect on the tree. We think it's the way that the, the field heat is allowed to leave the tree before it is actually moved on from there. And um, using that system, we find that the, that the needles stay on and the, the tree stays very fresh right up to Christmas, depending on how, once it's not put on top of a heater or something like that, we find that our trees are lasting very long. As people get into the festive spirit, decorating their homes this Christmas, Pat has this advice on how to get the most out of your real tree. Keep it uh, away from the, the warm spot in the house is probably the best advice. And... Um, Pick a, a tree that's uh, that, that's fresh uh, when you buy it. There's no point in buying a tree that has been uh, that has been cut for a long time and stuck inside in the netted and stuck inside in the pallet for we it could be there for weeks. So I think that when you buy a tree locally and that you know it has been that has been that has been grown uh, and it hasn't been stuck inside in a, in a pallet for too long well that, that tree has a much better chance of, of, of lasting. Students at Gwildsgull Fegsairs have been telling us about their favourite decorations. Probably all the lights that are on the tree. Probably the red and white stuff because we're going for candy cane theme this year. So. Um, my mum's big um, white Santa. Probably the Christmas tree. Uh, probably the baubles and stuff on the tree. Back in Castle Treasure, Pat Lehan says they're marking an important milestone this year. Well, it's the, it's 100 years since uh, my grandfather bought this farm and we've been running it as a dairy farm for close to 100 years. We have the fifth generation now walking around, uh, getting involved in the business. So I think it's just a nice, it's nice to have, have, have made that, that 100 years. It's good that um, we have the fifth generation that's showing a bit of interest, even though they're very young. And if you are on the lookout for a real tree but don't know how to bring it home, Pat says they can look after that. Some people have walked home with trees. Some people have put um, trees inside in sports cars and things sticky out the back. And uh, we have some very interesting photographs of, of people trying to get a tree up onto the side of a bike and different things like that. 
So in the end, if we if we can manage it, we end up having sometimes we'll just deliver. It's a lot easier. <laughs> That's a lovely piece. Thank you for that, uh, Murray. Now, some reaction in to uh, Peter, who told us that his uh, children, when they got wind of that, he is thinking of going back out social dancing again and maybe meeting somebody for companionship. And uh, they said, well, you're not going to sit at our Christmas table if you're going to be carrying on like uh, that. Uh, Somebody says, I agree with Peter's family. I wouldn't have him for Christmas dinner either if he was going, going to go out and trying to to find a new companionship. Are you, are you really, they've already lost their mother. What are they looking? They're going to look. They're going to now lose out on a father as well. I really find that attitude. I'm dumbfounded by that attitude. Colm in Butterfin said those children trying to influence their father. That's not allowed anymore. It's called coercion. <laughs> It is. You're right because they are trying to influence him. He's an adult man. He can make make and do his own uh, decisions. And then James and Cloyne was on. This was to do with car tax that we spoke about during the week. Uh, James and Cloyne said, I sent away for my car tax last week and I got it back in the post yesterday. Why would anybody even consider driving to the tax office with the price of petrol and diesel at the moment? And James also said, by the way, that the Gardaí will not accept a copy of your car insurance if you print it, print it yourself. Uh, the, uh, yeah, that was the woman who was asked to print the insurance certificate her, herself in the insurance company. They will if it's printed. It's got to be printed on a colour printer. If you don't have access to a colour printer, then the guard, they won't accept it. It has to have the green strip that runs down the side, which by the way I remember hearing a number of years ago somebody got fined because they cut off the green strip on the side. Uh, they thought it looked neater on their windscreen and I don't know why you have to have the green strip on the side of your insurance disc and maybe it's something to do with the guard, they being able to see it Uh, but I don't know if that's still the same today because they can pick it up off your car registration can't they now they have the computers on board Uh, but if you print it with a colour printer James they introduced that I think it came in during Covid times that companies were trying to get people to print their certificates themselves but you must have a colour printer 0818103103 Bernie's taking your calls we're going to take a break and we're going to back to talking movies with Mark Malone and with some movie suggestions Mark Malone uh, joins me this afternoon Afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. Now, you watched two movies for us. One is called Violent Night and the other is called Meet Cute. But let's start with a trailer from Violent Night, which I'm told is a Christmas movie. <laughs> Welcome to your worst Christmas ever. We're here with the $300 million. That's what I want for Christmas. Santa, are you going to help us? These guys are police and I'll be dead. Better watch out. Santa Claus is coming to town. Stocking stuffer! I gotta watch. I believe in you, Santa. Violent Night. Uh, now, uh, yeah, you can hear all the Christmas tunes and the bells and everything mm-hmm. in the background. Uh, Bernie, who is producing today, uh, sitting in for John Paul, uh, decided to, to do a bit of research on this and <laughs> she was watching trailers of it and everything. And she, she came and said to me, Mark is reviewing a movie called Violent Night. And I said, OK, it's a Christmas movie. It's great. She said, it's a bit like Home Alone, but with a bit more violence. <laughs> Is that a good description? A bit more violence. Well, it's actually kind of a mix between kind of Die Hard, Home Alone, Bad Santa, a lot of these kind of movies. That's it's more kind of Die Hard than Home Alone. But I, there is a big section which is which is basically to, you know lifted from Home Alone. 
Is there? Yeah. It's interesting you call it a, a Christmas movie because, I mean, it is very diehardy. And there's a, been major discussions down throughout the years as to whether or not Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie. You've seen Die Hard, I presume. Yeah. Is, yeah, it, no. is it a Christmas movie? Uh, we see, the problem is Die Hard is set at Christmas. That's about as much of a Christmas movie it is. And I heard, and I'm open to correction on this, yes. I heard that they deliberately set it around Christmas knowing that it would come up every year as a Christmas movie. Yeah, people like I think, but I think people who say it is a Christmas movie are just doing it to wind people up. I think because it's yeah. not a Christmas movie; no. it's an action movie. Just that just happens to be it's set, set at, at Christmas. Christmas yeah. Yeah. This is more of a Christmas movie because this is set at Christmas time, and it does involve Santa Claus. Well, okay. kind of a, vers- a version of Santa Claus. Who is it a comedy? It depends on whether or not you see, and you know, if you witness a hundred people being killed over two hours, if you consider that to be a comedy, there no. are there are comedy elements in this film. I mean, it, it doesn't take itself seriously. I laughed a lot. Okay, I should point out, but uh, this is uh, sixteen plus, and uh, and no surprise. So it's not exactly a family movie. So be very very careful. <laughs> don't don't be bringing the kids to the cinema and going, look, there's this film about Santa Claus here. We'll bring the kids along. Uh, I wouldn't if I were you, because okay. it's extraordinarily violent. It really is. Um, so we meet Santa Claus and this is a Santa Claus who's not particularly keen on his life. He doesn't particularly like what he's doing for, for a living. Uh, when we first meet him, he's, uh, it's, uh, it's Christmas Eve and he's taken a bit of a break from his work and uh, he's in a pub in England and uh, everybody, of course, thinks he's um, a kind of a, a shopping centre um, uh, Santa Claus and he's basically complaining about his life. He's downing the pints. I mean, a huge, a huge amount of pints because he hates what he's doing with his life. He hates his life. His marriage is kind of on the rocks. He hates kids. Just, when he doesn't, he's in the wrong job. He, he hates modern kids, is what he hates. You know what I mean? Because he just thinks that you know they don't really care about anybody, and all they want is kind of stuff, and uh, they don't care really how they get. It. And so, to to give you a very good example, now this all happens in the first couple of minutes. He gets on the sleigh, right? He goes up onto the roof and gets onto the sleigh, and the woman who owns the bar runs up because she, oh my god, that man, he's after going up to the roof. So she goes up to the roof. He takes off with the sleigh leans over the side of the sleigh and vomits all over her head. Now, it depends on whether or not you think that's funny. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. No, I'd find that gross, (laughs) but go on. So he finds himself um, as part of his night in a house in America, uh, a very, very big, expensive, upper-middle-class house in America. And the family in the house are all got together for a Christmas party, but they all absolutely hate each other. They're all incredibly well-off and rich. Uh, in a kind of a, an Agatha kind of Christie kind of way, they all absolutely hate each other. And there is a rumour that there's $300 million in cash in a vault in the house. So okay. who arrives but uh, John Leguizamo playing the character of Scrooge and... Uh, uh, well, he's basically Hans Gruber, Gruber from uh, from Die Hard, and he's and called Scrooge. He calls himself Scrooge, yeah, okay. and he wants the money in the um, in the vault, uh, as in, in Die Hard, and he will do anything to get it. And so, basically, Santa Claus is downstairs <laughs> raiding the house's wine cellar. <laughs> And he then realises that he's got to do something about it because we find out that uh, St. Nicholas, of course, before he became a saint, uh, was a warrior. He, yeah, was, uh, yeah. Yeah, he used to wield this hammer. He was a and, brave man. Exactly. And so he decides to, to go to war uh, with all of these bad guys. And it, it is basically diehard, but extraordinarily violent. I want to make that quite clear. And the violence is constant. But it is very, very funny. You heard there in the trailer uh, him saying things like, uh, these people are Felice never dead. Oh, you know, <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. 
Town. And uh, David Harper, who plays Santa Claus here, said that when he first got the script, it was full of all of that stuff, uh, but they took out a lot of it, which I think is a bit of a shame because I'd like to have seen uh, an awful lot more of that. Uh, so it's Die Hard for most of the film. There's a sequence near the end with a little girl who basically, because she loves Macaulay Culkin, becomes Macaulay Culkin. Ah, OK. And it's, it's kind of... Because I heard the little child saying, I believe in you, Santa. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. so there's that sequence, but it is much... It's, it's, it's the violence kind of turned up to 11 here compared to uh, the Macaulay Culkin film. But so, look, this is a film for adults. Let me make that quite clear. It is extraordinarily violent. It really is from start to finish. It's funny. It's exciting. It's interesting. Um, you enjoyed it, it. I, you know, I did. Yeah, I did. You know, and you, you don't, you don't normally enjoy it. There's a lot of violence. There. See, no. See, it depends. It, if violence is in the wrong place, for yeah. example, like we've seen the the, the, the the James Bond movies over the past few years. And there was years, no need for it. Some of the violence in yeah. those, and especially, you know, there have been sequences of, of extraordinary kind of torture in those films, which I think are, shouldn't be there. For me, personally, having grown up, you know, watching, uh, you know, uh, Roger Moore, uh, here, look, it makes it quite clear. This is an extremely violent movie, and once it does that, then you just fall into the trap of just enjoying everything you see, no matter how explicit and horrible and nasty it is. And I have to say, I did enjoy it. Okay, so mark that out. 10 Violent Night okay, I'll give it 8 I, I, and I have to say I love the name I think they've been very clever with the, with the name OK now uh, are you going to the other end of the scale it, it, with the next one Meet Acute is, it, is this a rom-com yeah this is a rom-com yeah completely okay. different Yeah, but a lot will depend on your patience with this one as well even though it's an hour and a half long which for me of course perfect. you might think yes perfect it does the, 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 the 90 minutes uh, it, it does feel like it and it's another one of these Groundhog Day uh, movies and I think a lot will depend also on whether or not Kaylee Cuoco is the star of this film and whether you not uh, whether or not you like she like her character we meet her she's in a bar she sees Pete Davidson and uh, she starts to chat Kim him Kardashian up. Pete Davidson uh, yes that guy okay. yeah. yeah so who's moved uh, on can I say uh, Kim yes. Kardashian and uh, Pete Davidson yeah who is very very popular with the ladies but which is something I don't really understand because if you look at him and he's very on the creepy side and yet you can't you, first of all you have to believe that Kaylee Cuoco will look across the bar and just think he's the most extraordinary but he man. does that in real life as well and I can't understand it it's very strange yeah yeah but anyway, he's not the best looking guy. He, he must yeah. have something. I don't know okay, what it is. Okay, we won't go any further. <laughs> so anyway, but we find out, in fact, that um, it, prior to that, um, she wasn't in a very good place in her life. She went to get her nails done. And uh, the woman who was running the nails place says, look, you know, you're down. You don't feel very good about yourself. You don't you don't want to be harming yourself. What I, what I do have in the back is that we have this tanning booth. But what it is, it's a time machine and it will send you back 24 hours. And if you go back 24 hours, you can kind of right all the wrongs of your life. You'd have control completely over that day. Wouldn't that be wonderful? So she decides to try it. We then find out in a kind of a groundhog type of way that, in fact, she has been reliving this same night with Pete Davidson over and over and over again for something like 500 days because the, 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 the evening was so wonderful and she really enjoyed his company. The problem is, is that after 500 times, the jokes that were funny to begin with weren't particularly funny anymore and she began to kind of tire of him. So we then find out what, in fact, what she has been doing is going back uh, uh, much further than that to when he was a little boy and completely changing his personality to try and be the man that she wants him to be. So a lot will depend on whether or not morally you think that's acceptable, whether or not you kind of find Kaylee Cuoco a, a nice person and somebody you can identify with and support. I don't know. And it is kind of very difficult to do that. If the sexes were reversed, you could kind of think that that's a bit kind of creepy. Mm. Uh, but because it's Kaylee Cuoco, maybe you kind you of get away will, with it. Will you, you, you consider it to be more acceptable. Yeah. Um, so there's an awful lot of going back and going back like Groundhog Day. Now, I love Groundhog Day from start to finish. Love that it movie. is really extraordinary. But that is a film on its own, I think. You know what I mean? This 
is nothing in I comparison lo- to it. Lots have tried to replicate it and never pulled it off. Uh, well, some of them do. I think some, there was a uh, Tom Cruise movie, I think it was The Edge of Tomorrow a couple of years ago, which kind of worked out quite well. But this one, um, I did tire of it after a while. I found it a difficult watch, even though it's about an hour and a half. I enjoyed the two uh, main stars. I think Katie Coco and Peter da- Pete Davidson are very, very good in it. Uh, but it's an uncomfortable watch because all the time you're feeling, I can't identify with this and I can't support this uh, because it's making me way, way too uncomfortable. And it does become rather repetitive after a while. But um, I'd still recommend it. It's, uh, it's still an interesting watch because uh, of the, the two main leads. OK, so it's Meet Cute. Yes. Mark it out of 10? I'll give it six. Six out of 10. All right, listen, thank you for that. Have a lovely week. You too. And uh, we'll chat again next week. That is Mark Malone, our movie reviewer. Do I have a couple of minutes? I do. Uh, very quickly, just about to getting in a flurry of texts in reacting to Peter, who has decided to stay home alone this uh, Christmas because of his children's reaction to him daring to suggest that he might start to go back out on the social dancing scene. And sure wouldn't it be nice if he met somebody? He hasn't met anyone. He hasn't even gone on social dancing yet and uh, some of his children uh, said forget it you're not joining us for Christmas dinner this year if you're going to be carrying on like that so Peter got so annoyed with him he's told them forget it I'm going to none of your houses I'm having Christmas on my own somebody said there's a huge difference between going out looking for women and going out doing what that man loves best which is social dancing even when his wife was alive they would have gone out together but they would have danced different steps with different partners so he would have been interacting with other females all the time nothing different Someone else says, oh, Peter, you have such narrow minded children. God forbid if they ever become widows or widowers, will they feel the same way into the future? Not that anybody's wishing that on them, uh, but you wonder how their lives will all pan out. Somebody says, if Peter was a good husband to his late wife, then he now is entitled to meet somebody for company, as long as he's not just going out picking up women all of the time. It's not easy being alone, so he has to have a bit of respect, so why not go out? And he said that it's not about going out picking up women left, right and centre bars and clubs. He literally is talking about going out, socialising and if he meets somebody, chatting to somebody, maybe going for a meal, maybe having afternoon tea, going to the cinema together, etc. Hi, Patricia. I hope that man's family will regret this decision and the way they've treated their father for the rest of their lives. Do, do Does any of his adult children realise how lonely and empty life can be when you lose your life partner? I met somebody a few years after my husband passed away and I have to say I'm very happy. It's lovely company. We go dancing, we go out for meals tell Peter go and enjoy the rest of his life and tell his uh, family that they can't control him they need to cop themselves on and somebody else says life is too short tell Peter to go out and enjoy himself as I say that is just a sample of some of your reaction when uh, I mentioned uh, Peter's story to us Christmas Cash Stars on C103 C103 Christmas Cash Stars is your chance to win here with C103 and it's easy to play. You just need to identify three celebrity voices. Christmas Cash Stars. Now, already this week, Courtney guessed James Corden um, and by doing that, she won for herself €1,000. But there's more big money still up for grabs. Now, you can win €2,000 if you are the first to identify any two of our stars cash stars and of course it's 10,000 euro that's the big prize if you can identify all Christmas cash stars 
but you need to do it in the correct order. Christmas. Cash. Stalls. Now, after four o'clock today, Johnny is going to be making a call. He will bring one of our lucky texters who will get the chance to name the stars and to win the cash. Christmas. Cash. Stalls. But in order to be in with a chance, you need to enter. How do you enter? You need to answer a question. Snow on Christmas Day is traditionally called what? A, White Christmas, or B, Blue Christmas. If you know the answer, we need you to text the word WIN to 57886, plus your answer, either A or B. Text costs €2.50 per entry, and you'll be playing across the wireless Ireland network of stations. Line close at four, and they get ready for your call and your big, your chance to win with C103. Full terms and conditions are available at C103.ie. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to Bernie Murphy for producing, and we'll talk to you on Monday at 10. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.